0: at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon. But today, I want to share this scripture with you. It's a very encouraging scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. The Apostle Paul is writing and he says, Therefore, My dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I grew up on the King James Version. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord not just of part of our lives. We believe that he's not just Lord of Sunday morning but he's Lord of all of our lives. That means that the two hours that you are giving him today through your attendance at a local church and your participation in lifting your hands and praising God and and prayer whatever your response is that is minute compared to the one-third of your life that you will spend working or in school or leading in your home and those of you who are looking for a job that's work too Amen. If you've been looking for a job, you know what I'm talking about. That's a full-time job looking for a job. I did the math. We all have 168 hours in a week, 24 hours a day. Everybody has the same amount of time. If you got 168 hours in a week, and if you work a full-time job, Some people are working not just 40 hours a week, some are doing 50 and 60 hours a week. Don't know Park Lawn staff members, raise your hand and say, amen, Bishop, I know what you mean. Because we can arrange, we can arrange that, we can fix that for you. (laughs) Just kidding, I'm just kidding. That would be intimidation, that would be workforce intimidation. Just erase that from the tape. on the average most people who are churchgoers give two hours a week. Do the math, that's eight hours a month. The time that you spend in public worship is only eight hours and yet you are spending 40, 50, 60 hours in a week in your place of work. And even those who spend Uh, Who, who, uh, not just at work, but you spend even more time at home in your family life. So today we're going to do something that's very unique. We're going to switch some things up, as Mr. Tim said. This is church unusual today. Today we're going to publicly recognize and commission you for your workplace. You know we do that often. We pray for pastors and ministers who are being commissioned. We, we pray for those who have lost, lost loved ones. We pray for the sick. We pray for missionaries when they come and we, we're we sending them back. Well, today we're sending you into the work world. We're calling you to elevate your, your place of work as a sacred place. Stop thinking that the church is more sacred of a place than the place that you've been assigned to work. You only spend two hours a week here, but you're spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week there. Do you think God has a a reason for that? He wants to change our perspective. All of us, whether you are paid or unpaid, you are called to be kings and priests working for God. So your workplace is not a second-class activity is not a place that you just simply go to earn a living so you can bring your tithe into the greater place. That is a great place. Jesus gives us an example. In Luke chapter 19, the context of this, this scripture is that Jesus was, he was walking through a certain town and along this road there was a businessman who desired to see who Jesus was. And the Bible gives us some detail about the man. His name was Zacchaeus, but it also tells us that he was short in stature. So he was vertically challenged, if you will. Don't look at nobody. Just keep looking at me. Nobody have to know. That's you. Everybody's sitting down. So, you know, nobody knows. But he, he was short in stature and he wanted to see Jesus. And because of the crowd who were towering over him, he ran ahead and he climbed up in a sycamore tree knowing that Jesus would come that way and when Jesus came that way he looked up in the tree and he told Zacchaeus to come down he said Zacchaeus I have to dine with you tonight I want to get to know you I want to I want to fellowship with you I want to come into your home and have a meal and the Bible says that Zacchaeus was a tax collector which means that he was a wealthy businessman Jesus is in the business of of encountering and calling ordinary people to have a supernatural experience with him in their everyday work world. And so it's out of the context of that that Jesus offers these words to us, a parable in verse 13 of Luke 19. The King James Version says, and he called his 10 servants and he delivered to them 10 pounds and he said unto them, occupy until I come. 10 pounds. Another version says, 10 pounds of silver. Invest this for me while I am gone. You know, the Bible talks more about money than it does about hell. But often when we come to church, we, we, get, we get the hell scared out of us. There's literally 80, 80% more scriptures about money than there is about hell. And Jesus is telling us a parable about money, about silver. We've heard in Matthew chapter 25 about the talents, how the the master in a a similar parable gave his three servants. One, he gave five talents. Another, he gave two talents. Another, he gave one talent. Stop thinking religiously about the word talent. He didn't give one an ability to juggle. He didn't give, you know what I mean? He didn't give another one an ability to sing or play the piano. We think about talents in terms of our, our activities, our, our skills. No, he gave them money to invest. He said, do business, occupy, invest this until I come. Because he's coming back again. And so I've, I've been convinced for a long time that the key to, to a transformed community, and you know that we're all about community engagement, the key to a transformed community will not happen when we get a church on every corner I would just go ahead and say, and this is a non-religious statement, that that will actually destroy the fabric of a community because we got a lot of churches on every corner. But the transformation of this community will happen when we get more businesses than we have churches and that we have followers of Christ who are working and who are owning those businesses. That's how you transform a community. I challenge you, just drive down any street. If you see more churches than, than businesses on that corner, that's an impoverished community. That's a poor block. But if you see more businesses than you see churches, invest in that place. Move and live in that neighborhood. That's a strong neighborhood. That's a, that's a, that's a community that is, has an economic impact. It has a spiritual impact. It has a relational and a social impact so today God is calling his business children he's calling you as kings and he's calling you as priests just like he called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 the Lord said to Abram before he changed his name to Abraham he says go from your country from your people and from your father's household to the land that I will show you and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. If you know the story, if you know the end of Abraham's life after he answered this call, God prospered him, he became a wealthy man, he became an influential man. And in the same way God is calling you and saying I am calling you out of darkness into my light but I'm sending you to your workplace. You are blessed to be a blessing. Everybody in that place is going to be blessed because of you. And if they curse you, I'm going to curse them. God has always called business people. He called Moses. Moses was a prince. He was the prince of Egypt. And after he, not only was he a prince, Moses could fight too. He had some skill. He He could kill you. He's a murderer. He killed a man. Then he became a shepherd and God called him. He doesn't call the unskilled. He called Joseph and Joseph was a politician. He called Elisha. Elisha was a businessman. The reason we know that is because when Elijah came to him, he found him plowing with two yoke of oxen. And when he called him, he was calling him into the prophetic ministry. He burned the, the, uh, the yoke And he sacrificed the oxen. He called Job. He called Solomon who were both wealthy. He called Aaron and he called the men of Exodus in Exodus 35 and 36 who were highly skilled craftsmen. They were skilled in working with stone and with, with precious metals and working with wood. We have to get this mentality out of our mind that when we become Christians that God is calling us to put on some sandals and to put on a biblical robe and leave our jobs and move out into the wilderness and just wait for Jesus to come. No, when he calls you, he's calling you to put some money in your pocket and to make a difference right where you are, to become an entrepreneur, to become a business person. Now some of us are called to work within the context of religion, to work within the context of the church. But even Jesus, when he he called his disciples, he literally went to their workplaces. He went to to Matthew's tax collecting station and called him to follow him and be his disciple. He went to Peter, James, and John's fishing business. In fact, James and John were were sons of of their, they were in their father's fishing business because they're called the sons of Zebedee. So it was Zebedee and Son Fishing Company. Jesus called them out of the work world to follow him. He's not calling you to leave your job and to come into full-time ministry. You're already in full-time ministry. He told them in Matthew 4, 19, follow me and I'll teach you how to fish and how to catch men. That's what you're in the business world to do, to fish and catch men. My testimony, I've been here at Park Lawn for 27 years. Prior to that, uh, I was a student at Marquette University. On my way, I'm thinking I'm on my way to a degree in psychology with a minor in counseling, and I'm going to become a Christian psychologist. And I did not want to become a pastor because I heard that pastors did not make a lot of money. Found that out to be true. But after I became a pastor, I also, and, and, and so this was years before I even got, uh, be, I became paid as a pastor. There were many years, nearly a dozen years, that I served in ministry without pay. I worked in the corporate world. I worked for nonprofits like the Boys and Girls Club. For a period of time, I had my own consulting business. I think I still got a business card somewhere. I was helping churches start nonprofits and and economic development. For a period of time, I worked for Quad Graphics. I worked for the U.S. Postal Service in business. And then prior to coming here, worked for three years in public television on the show called Black Nouveau. And realized when I got here, that even though I have great influence as a pastor, I had greater influence outside of the church. Because of the amount of time and the quality, the quantity of time and the, and the masses of people that I was impacting. Do you hear the Spirit's voice calling you today and encouraging you? You don't need to go back to seminary. You don't need to quit your job. You don't need to change your wardrobe in for a robe and some sandals and, you know, some scrolls under your arm saying, repent, the Lord is coming is at hand. He's not calling you to do that. So I want to start today just by finding out who we have here. Do we have any black belt? I know some of you all are, I'm not talking about the karate kind of black belt. You know, there's a black belt six sigma certification. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We got anybody with that in here this morning? We have any engineers? Anybody that works in the field of engineering? Stand up. If, when, when I mention your title, your, your, your area, stand up. Anybody in the technical mechanical repair area, you fix stuff people bring you their cars, they bring you their televisions, they they bring you whatever, you go to their home or their business and fix things. Anybody that works in facilities or environmental management, that works in HVAC and and temperature control, anybody work in mental health, psychological care, we'll come down your street in a moment, anybody work in the medical field, in health care, in dental, in vision care, stand up. Anybody that works in the media or in journalism your job is communication stand up anybody works in law in the legal field stand up anybody that works in agriculture you work in science you work in farming you work with animals stand up and and as I mention these titles and I might have already mentioned the title but perhaps you are in school and you're studying to become one of these in this field you stand up as well Go ahead. I'm not leaving anybody out. Anybody that's in IT, computers, electronics, stand. Anybody that's in education, stand up. Go ahead. Look around. You're called into the ministry. Anybody that is working in the realm of religion or working in the realm of a nonprofit organization that's serving for the good of the community, you can stand up as well. Anybody working in government, or aspiring to be in government, stand up. Anybody that works in the realm of sports or recreation or coaching. Anybody that works in entertainment, we have some entertainers. Anybody that works in retail, that works in commerce, you handle money, you're in trade. Anybody that works in accounting or banking, stand. Anybody that works in architecture, construction, or is is one of the skilled uh, trades, and you are a craftsman, you stand. Anyone that works in culinary arts, or in the beverage industry, don't be ashamed, even if you are a bartender, stand up in Jesus' name. You in the realm of service, shake that drink in Jesus' name, amen. Anybody that works in personal services, you're caring for people, with their, caring for their nails, caring for their hair, caring for their body. You're in the realm of beauty. Anybody that works in transportation, Milwaukee County Transit, taxi cab, Uber, Lyft driver, work on the railroad, anybody that's in distribution, you're getting things and getting people from point A to point B. Anybody that works in schools anybody that or anybody that is in school, stand up. Anybody that works in the home, and that is your, your main vocation. Most of your time is spent there caring for a spouse, caring for children, caring for, for a parent or grandparent, or even your grandkids. And if I missed anybody... And did I mention religion? I did mention religion. I guarantee that only a handful of folks stood up for religion. But look around at the number of people, and I know I probably left your field. What field did I leave out? Retirement. (laughs) Retirement. That is funny, (laughs) but it's so true. Don't leave us out, Bishop, but I'm going to let y'all sit because y'all retired, right? (laughs) Y'all leave anybody else out? Real estate, procurement, insurance, manufacturing, human resources. What else did I hear? Social work. What kind of care? Foster care. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I say your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I say to every one of you who are standing, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God sees what you are doing. It's not second class to prayer. It's not second class to Bible study. He doesn't expect you to be at church every time the doors are open to be at every prayer meeting, to be at every Wednesday night service, and you are no less of a Christian because you are not there. Amen. Come on, give him some better praise than that. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. Y'all look proud to stand up this morning. Y'all didn't even want to sit down you thought we were clapping for you we were clapping for the Lord Amen. <laughs> what you do is not who you are though Amen. some people they, they get that confused and you know they, they, they look at their business card or they look at the name tag on the door or the name on the uniform or whatever and, and they think that's who they are I'm not a bishop is not who I am you know, we, we don't get lost in your title. That's what you do. That's not who you are. Because when the title change, what what are you going to become? And some people are so proud of their degrees. You know, you would think their name, their first name is doctor, <laughs> or first name is bishop. No, that's not that's not who you are. That's what you do. And I want to share this with you all that your work is an act of worship. What you do, your act is an act of worship. Even as you're studying to to get into that field, that's an act of worship unto God. Let me take you to to Romans chapter 12. I want to just spend a little time teaching and then we're going to pray a commission prayer. Paul writes and says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what you do it is in an, your, your job is an act of worship. Your labor is not in vain. You are worshiping God more in capacity than we have even thus far this morning. You become part of God's praise and worship team. You don't need a microphone. You don't need this platform. That job is your platform. You are a worship leader on that job. So he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And what he means by that is that God has given every one of us an area, an, an, an arena, if you will. You have your own fiserv forum. You have your own arena. And every day when you go to work, you are on the stage. That is your field. That is your arena. That is your domain. The word domain comes from the word dominion. That is the place that you rule. You are the man. You are the woman who are offering up acts of worship unto God. And people are watching you. That's why you need to empower yourself with the spirit of God. Pray for the wisdom of God. Pray for favor. Pray for integrity so that that as you work, Jesus Christ would be seen in you and in what you do. You are on display. God, help us and forgive us for, for glorifying this platform more than the platform we have at work. Because we have done that, we have made idols of what happens on this platform. I know I'm good, but I ain't that good, y'all. <laughs> Matthew chapter five, verse 14. This is a, this is a core scripture. This is our, our, our key scripture for this church. It says, you are the light of the world You are a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When he says glorify, that word literally means display. It means advertise you are a walking billboard for Jesus. What are you advertising on your job? He says that when you when you hide your gift, when you hide your talent, when you hide your job and make it second class, you're putting a bowl on top of your light. I believe that that is, that is even more sinful than some of the, the, the physical fleshly stuff that we do. We hide God's glory. So Jesus, he dignified work. He elevated the place of work. He elevated the people who were in those jobs by visiting his friends at work. I I bet if I showed up at some of y'all's job, just imagine how that would go. Some of your workers, who is that? Oh, that's my pastor. Oh, what did you do? What happened? Did somebody die? No. He just came because he he values what I do. He sees, he says, I'm the man. He's this is my platform. Oh, I didn't even know you were a Christian. Are you saved? I didn't even know you went to church. (laughs) You are on display. Your work is a witness to the world. They're looking at you. Your work is not only an act of worship, but it's a witness your attitude, your actions. He says in verse 4, again in in Romans 12, verse 4 he says, For just as each uh, each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith, If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouragement, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor Serve the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This this portion about spiritual gifts is is something else that we need to change our perspective on. These gifts: prophecy, service, generosity, mercy, love, words of knowledge, uh, gifts of healing. Excuse me. Those gifts are not primarily for inside the church for two hours. Does this mic still work? I don't know if y'all heard what I said. Those gifts are for you in the work world. Encouragement, prophecy, healing, prayer, the worship, the laying on of hands, the words of knowledge, The miracles, the signs, the wonders. God gave those to us through the Holy Spirit for us to put it on display for the other 40 to 60 hours a week. Not just for two hours on Sunday morning. And then he also proves in Romans chapter 12 that we, through our work, we we show our love for God and our love for our neighbor. So let your love be genuine. Hate what's evil. So he's commissioning us to be ambassadors of a way of life, on the job, in school, and at work where we spend the majority of our time. And those places are not less sacred than the house of God. They are your arena. You are not just there to earn a paycheck so that you can pay tithes and bring that check into the real work. The realm of religion is is another part of the work. There's no separation, there's no sacred and secular. It's all sacred in God's sight. The first thing that Adam had was a job. Before he had a wife, he had a job. He had an assignment, he had a responsibility. Amen. He had a domain. He had an arena, the Garden of Eden. So we need to change our thinking about Sunday service. We're almost done. So starting today, I want you to do this. I want you to see Sunday as a day of commissioning. Every time you drive up on the parking lot or walk across the street or however you get here, when you come in and take your seat, saying, I'm coming to be commissioned. I'm coming on Sunday with Monday in mind. I've got Monday in my mind when I, even in my worship today, the, the, the things that, I, that you should be praying about, the things that you should be laying on the altar should be Monday. It should be, oh Lord, give me the baptism of the Holy Spirit so I can speak in tongues with the evidence. That's good if it's going to impact your Monday. You are God's frontline army. You are the heart and the soul and the face of the local church. Before they meet me, they're going to meet you. You are a bridge for people to walk across even before they ever join a local church, whether it's this church or some other church. You are a bridge to the city and to the community of the message that you are receiving on Sunday morning. You are the ambassadors who are taking that to the world to transform it. You are God's praise and worship team. He don't just want two hours of praise a week. He wants 40, 50, 60 on your job. And then when you come home, praise him there too. So let's stop disconnecting. The world is watching us. I want you all to, to watch a clip of a movie. I, I, I love watching old movies. Probably from my background in, in TV and radio that I just kind of look at things technically but uh, anybody remember the movie coming to America watch this clip It's nice to meet you, Akeem. I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. Do you have any that requires disposal? No, it's totally empty. Well, when it fills up, don't be afraid to call me. I'll come take it out most urgently. That's good to know. When you think of garbage, think of Akeem. get back to my sanitation duties. Maybe we'll have a chance again to talk on a professional level. Goodbye, Akeem. I love that movie. This young lady, she knew that there was something different about Akeem. He wasn't just a trash collector he was a king what he did was pick up trash but who he was is that he was a king and that's who we are we are kings and we are priests unto God what you do might be trash what you do might be computers it might be accounting it might be education but listen when God sees you he sees a ruler he sees a change agent I want everyone to stand this morning, and I'd like to call the prayer team to come and stand all across both sides of the platform. And each of you who are here this morning, God has placed you where you are. In fact, this is the word of the Lord for you today from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. God says, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy but now you have received it. Parkline Assembly of God exists to share the light, life, and love of Jesus Christ. As a part of this mission, Join us for special services, workshops, and encounters. Park Lawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon.